I think of play as more of a mindset mm. than just an activity. So how do you take a playfulness to it? Uh, and kind of linked to what you were saying right at the start, that kind of pressure of, oh, well, what, what am I doing? What am I doing? <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. Mm. No one has a clue. We're all improvisers. Mm. We're all making it up, doing the best we can, moment to moment to moment. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Please Blow My Mind with me, Will Fleming. I've decided to pull over because I was trying to do the intro driving and podcasting and look, it's just not going to work. It's funny because this week's episode is about being more playful um, or introducing play into your life and improv and life is improv and... Sometimes I don't realize it, but I am improving the whole podcast, you know, even this background here. I could never have planned for exactly this. So what do I take out of it? I mean, being in the moment, uh, trying to learn as you go, trying to adapt as you go, and that is very much in the spirit of today's podcast. Wade Jackson returns to the podcast. He has been a guest on Please Blow My Mind before, and he's come on to talk about the Covert Theatre, his theatre, a group that is um, about to open its doors. It's had a a nice long history in New Zealand, and and Wade unpacks exactly what it is and and what getting a bit more improv theatre human connection will mean to us in our lives uh, some of the topics we cover is just that just just how we are going digital now and and look I talk about it all the time in this podcast our life is very much algorithm based and and I mean algorithms control right so so what I think Wade is trying to get at when he talks about improv and play and and bringing a bit more of life into life is, is to just kind of go outside those boundaries that confine us to to unlock the bits within us that have possibly been you know forgotten or or, or suppressed and and it's very awesome to be uh, spending time talking about um, learning about and being in this kind of uh, conversation I am an advocate for um, you know being a bit uncomfortable but what does that mean uh, it means living it means being in life and and I hope that's what you pick up from this podcast too as as a guy standing uh, on the side of the road in front of a church uh, cranking out a podcast intro because this is the time of the day where it's working so we can get home to family prepare for later uh, continue the potato diet all of that stuff okay i'm a bit notorious for doing long intros so i'm gonna i'm gonna clip it here wade thank you bro for joining me on the podcast again it was awesome to connect with you and i look forward to connecting in the future to talk about this developing story we have around finding the balance the true balance between maybe something like control and freedom wade talks about the opposite to play is death and I want to be on the play side and, 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 and being open to life because it's magical and it's, it's hopeful and it's all of the things that we want it to be. It's all of the things that the Marvel films show it to be. It's just we've got to go out and find it and, and find our people and find, yeah, find our consciousness. Okay. Shut up, Will. Get into the conversation with Wade. Thank you, everybody, for joining me on the podcast. You blow my mind turning up every single week to watch this podcast, even if sometimes I'm late delivering the podcast. Thank you all for blowing my mind. 
Welcome to Please Blow My Mind with me, Will Fleming. Please blow my mind. Whoa. That's the goal, brother. Get joy in your lives every day. <laughs> I'm just simply looking to be 1% better every day. I get it, man. We're together on that. That is mind-blowing. We've got a work cut out for us. It's the thing that inspires me to continue on. Everything happens, and then we find a reason. You just went deep. Thanks for being open to this, Wade. It's all right. You know me, I'm on my own journey of whatever the hell I'm on, <laughs> which is flicks, seems to flick between, oh, we're, we're already going, flicks between, um, I don't know this, uh, maybe you can help me with this. Well, maybe it's about you today, but anyway, I'll start with this. So it's kind of something like, you know, I did the studio thing, I've locked the outside world out, and then I start missing it. So yep. I've come up with this creative solution to get back to the outside world and that brings different challenges right but worthy challenges i think you know and so i end up sitting down from time to time thinking what the hell am i doing yeah. and why am i doing it and i mean i know i talk to a lot of people and maybe that's the that's life right you've just got to it's like uh what did i see the other day like you know we our skin sheds but we just don't notice it but yeah. it's constantly changing and rebuilding and for some reason we have to we just like child, adult, and that's your only pathways to go through, and bad events, and they can kind of bring you forward, but um, anyway, enough about me, I, I can do a podcast on me anytime. Where are we, Wade? Where are we? Uh, we're outside the Covert Theatre, Yep, 51 McKelvey Street. Now, g- give me a little background about this, because we didn't talk that much about your, your theatre thing. Yeah. What's, yeah. The, what's the deal? I mean... So in um, 2000, I got to uh, travel doing improv with improv bandits. I got to travel around the world, um, seeing different places. So in Chicago, uh, which is like one of the homes of improv, um, saw a place called Second City, which is like a breeding ground for talent. It's where the, right back from the Bill Murrays and the Belushis mm. to the Dan Aykroyds and the Mike Myers, Steve Carell, Tina Fey, wow. all those people kind of, it's a breeding ground for talent. So I got to see that place. I saw um, the Annoyance Theatre and I remember thinking, wow, you can have your own improv theatre. Uh, later that year I was in Calgary and saw a volunteer system at the Loose Moose Theatre and then I was in New York and did shows um, and saw a tiny little theatre and I thought, I know what I'm going to do when I get back. I was like 26, 27 at the time. Uh, when I get back to Auckland, I'm going to have my own space. I had no money. I was uh, on the unemployment benefit as a poor starving actor, doing that full time. And then um, so I approached some people and said, this is what I want to do. And approached people with money and they lent me some money. Um, and we got some funding grants and we had the Covert Theatre. We opened in like April 26, 2001. Wow. And we had the lease for four years up on K Road. Yeah. And um, that was at the time when I had uh, businesses coming to me saying, we would like to learn the skills of improv, but for business, you know, so having that mental agility, that creativity, storytelling, all that kind of stuff. So, um, so I was doing both. I started the the corporate business, and um, while also doing the theatre. So at the end of the four years, had to um, the lease came up for renewal. It was really expensive, and I had to decide between the two. Couldn't keep both going, and so, um, and I thought I'll close the theatre down. Uh, the venue down but I'll return when I'm in a position of strength financial strength rather than weakness because mm-hmm. it's always cap in hand kind of stuff yeah so for the last 15 years been doing all the improv inside corporate training um, while still having the theatre going still doing shows but been, we've been hiring venues all over the city for yep. the last 15 years um, started looking for a venue three years ago wanting to have the space again and um, it's just all just coinciding improv is um, going through a global renaissance right now yep. just big internationally festivals and tours all that mm. kind of stuff and um, 
found this place September, uh, July last year uh, and took a 10 year lease starting from 1st of September so we're coming up to um, 6 months and we're opening probably in a few weeks time we've got the opening party next, next week but yeah. it's um, we'll actually be open for business probably uh, end of March, April so yeah. this is like a 15 year longer oh, the, getting this place is 15 yeah right. no, 15 I mean, years uh, waiting to return I'm thinking because so, you said 2001 2001, 2000, we closed the doors 2005 yeah. in the yeah. last covert theatre yeah. and so it's taking us 15 years to reopen and did you really think like okay I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to shut up shop for now but I've got a plan and I'm going to Oh. What do you have to build? Like an infrastructure or some some dough, I guess. <laughs> yeah, 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 there's that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. There's um, yeah. So they had to had to find a venue yeah. uh, and understanding landlord. Mm. You say to a landlord, right? Uh, we'd like to hire the space. Right. Sure. What are you putting in there? Yeah. A comedy theatre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You> what? Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. Um, yeah. So it's um, but yeah, it's been. I always knew I'd return, just didn't know when. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thoughts on. You know, I guess, and and correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe at the in this stage, you're, you're having to kind of package things so it's easy for people to understand and and what you're doing. You know, you just brought up the landlord. It's like, look, we're legit. We're doing this, but uh, there's a deeper conversation about, I don't know, the the world we live in. This where where it's 24 hours and you hear everyone's everything all the time and and you know there's kind of psychologists working the best people working for google and facebook trying to attack you to the screen attach you to the screen um is there something where you're feeling like this is um also offering a bit of uh well what would you say reminding us about our humanity by bringing people together well that's what art does art is art is about uh, reminding us I mean life can crush your spirit right yeah. so art is all about reminding you that you have one mm. um, so that's that's the benefit of it but I mean you could imagine imagine a world without art you know, yeah. there's no there's no TV there's no film there's no books there's no paintings art galleries museums there's it's, it's pretty devoid so mm. art is art is the expression of humanity for sure and I just think yeah, technology is, I think that's part of the reason why people people ask me, like, why is improv becoming so popular now? It's because, well, because it is the antidote to depression. It's the antidote to disconnection. Because you know, in its essence, improv is all about connecting. It's like what we're doing right yeah. here, right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and personally, it becomes my spiritual practice in that I get out of my head. Right. It's so liberating. Right. Because I spend a lot of time, I'm an introvert, I'm shy. Mm. Uh, I spend a lot of time in my head. So on stage it's where I get to be so it's maybe one of the misconceptions that has kind of put me off the arts a little bit is that oh well I've got to be flamboyant and 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 the the center of attention right because you can think about it metaphorically where the lights on you the people are watching you Mm. but it doesn't sound like that's uh well that doesn't have to be the experience no not at all I mean a lot of a lot of comedians are actually introverts Mm. as far as they you know spend their time alone get their time alone but improv is about improv is different to say say stand up comedy yeah Um, where stand-up comedy is about the laughter. The, the style of improv we do is about storytelling. So it's about taking the audience, giving them an, giving them a, um, a human experience. Mm. So, uh, and it's playful. And it's, you know, human beings are at their best when they, when they play. So we're all about um, getting you outside of you. It's like an active form of mindfulness. Get you out of your head, get you to connect in that present moment with somebody else. Mm. So it's not... Um, like, you know, meditation is very self-centric, whereas the playfulness is other-centric. So that's what's so powerful about it, I think. And you really get to connect with somebody mm. else. Um, what is it about our world? And again, I, I don't know if I make these judgments. I mean, we all make judgments, right? So relax. But, but it seems to be that when you talk, 
or when you're talking like this about play and, and connecting as humans, I think we all agree, right? We all remember hopefully a time where there was less worries and you could, you know, maybe be in the moment. But, you know, what kind of staggers me is we still have this this desire or pull, this this force on us to sit at that office desk. You know, like, I, I hear yeah. you, bro, but I know tomorrow... I I will feel like I'm more valued to my company that I'm working for if I'm at my desk when I know that well, well that's a well this is the thing you you're, you're differentiating work from play right and we shouldn't right right so, you know people think work and play are opposites yes and yes. and they're not yeah the, the, the opposite of play is death <laughs> if, you know, if you're not playing, you are slowly dying, yeah, right? Yeah. So play isn't just an activity. Play doesn't mean you know um, goofing off and all that kind of stuff. That's okay, one, cool, you know, being cool, a joker cool, is cool. one way of playing, but cool. it's much more. I think of play as more of a mindset mm. than just an activity. So how do you take a playfulness to it? Uh, and kind of linked to what you were saying right at the start, that kind of pressure of, oh, well, what, what am I doing? What am I doing? <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. Mm. No one has a clue. We're all improvisers. Mm. We're all making it up, doing the best we can, moment to moment to moment. Mm. So you've got to let that go. That whole, you know, what's the purpose of it? There is no purpose. You get to create your own purpose. That's the joy mm. of being a human being, I think, is that you can create your own purpose. If you want to be your life to contribute in this way, brilliant. Go mm. for it. Whatever floats your boat. Um, but there is actually no underlying purpose. And so if you're going to do, the, if you're going to do this moment, it, life is about moments and choosing I see life as a game you know and one none of us get out alive <laughs> true I mean I see life as a game too but when I think about it like that I don't think I'll lose but you can lose right when you play a game and so I'm going to put something over the camera um, but we're going to carry on because this is improv we're, we're literally life and see no one scripted this bad weather awesome uh, yeah man uh, well, there's a bit of rain now, so we'll just make a call. <laughs> if it gets too wet, we'll, we'll just call it a day and we'll make something else up. But um, sure. it's all it's all part of it. Yeah, I was kind of like saying, you know, what's helping me think about this, uh, and I won't say improv, I'll say more flexible way to living, yep. is that, like I was thinking about Indiana Jones and he like got away from the boulder and, you know, missed the arrows and... But there's lots of versions of Indy that didn't make it. And that's the risk he was prepared to take. And I like something about that idea that, you know, if you open yourself up to the possibility of, um, say, humanity and connection and mm. these things, uh, that's awesome because there might be some, you know, really great moments, but there's no guarantee. And I think that's maybe why we value somewhere sitting at that desk because you at least know what to expect. You know, you do the deal with the deal. Sure, I guess there's a security in knowing. I guess what, what, what 27 years of improv has taught me is that that's just an illusion. Right. That's just an illusion, man. There is no, there is no knowing. In fact, you're more secure. Um, and this is what we have to learn: is to be happy and secure in the unknown. Ooh. Right. Ooh. Hold on that point for a second, because there's a lot of us thinking, "What are you talking about?" Right. <laughs> <laughs> so the more you try and control something, uh, the less control you'll actually have. Right. Okay. That becomes rigidity, and yep. anything that's rigid doesn't survive. You know. Talk about. You know. When I lived in Japan, I lived up in Aomori where it snowed. And you'd see that. You know, the ones that actually, like the willow, that you know, they can actually bend and go mm. with the environment. Um, survive whereas you get the trees that are rigid and the yep. snow piles up and snaps mm. so it's, it's that whether you want to call it mental agility uh, mental flexibility just to be able to go with whatever is happening that's what really 
that that's the that's the underlying thing, right? Like yeah. having your people, the people, us, be in that moment and be willing to go, yeah, back and forth. Jeepers, that's a good that's a good way of thinking about it. So that's that's the freedom rather than the security. Mm. That's that, that's so you know we, we're searching the wrong things, I think. So I guess you do put some boundaries on it too time location space and those things maybe can help us in different ways right because if it's too chaotic if it's too free then we're just floating yeah that's right but people think when they learn improv they're quite surprised at the structure mm. and my response to that is the structure sets you free mm. right so it's not just about jumping on stage and saying the first thing that comes to your mind because what it is you've got to get outside of your own head and connect with the other person so that's yeah. where the one plus one equals three mm. you know so your imagination your life skills combined with my imagination and my life skills create something that we could never create by ourselves mm. and that's the ultimate in creativity do you think this can happen online do you think we're working through you know we're, we're obviously I guess since uh, we worked out how to transfer things to paper and to digital codes that you know we're, we're obviously finding more value um, a Netflix and chill evening is fun yeah. uh, I guess there's some transfer of that where you uh, maybe kind of jumping into this Scenario, um, yeah. I just we're a social species, and so it's just like it's like books will never disappear. People say, "Oh, you know, books will be history," because yeah, we're also we're tactile. We like to hold things, mm. so uh, books will always be around. And um, we're a social species, so you can't recreate that. I mean, they even even look the way the brain processes information between a 2D image and a 3D image is very different. Mm. So if you see a 2D image, you know the the, the visual cortex fires up. Um, but when you see a 3D image, the visual cortex, but also all the associated parts of the brain also fire up too. So it's very different. This is very different if we were sitting on screen having a conversation yes, as opposed yes. to here I can actually reach out and touch yes, you. Yes, yes. So I think um, we will never be able to f fully recreate that experience, even virtual realities and augmented mm. realities. Um, we, we know that we know what happens if you don't touch a baby that it doesn't develop cognitively. Yeah. You know, if you, it needs physical touch. So we'll always have that. And I think that's what, you know, it goes back to the why improv is becoming more and more popular is because of the life skills, the playfulness, and that connection. Would you kind of um, say that a, a, a half, well, not half, a decent chunk of your adult life has been trying to maybe work out the science to articulate the the unknown a little bit? You know, like yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when I first started doing it, and I was just 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 doing improv. I was just doing it from an improv comedian. I was getting asked all those questions around the science of it. Yeah. It's like I don't know. I'm a comedian. <laughs> this is what we do. <laughs> it works. Why are you questioning it? Mm -hmm. And so I guess yeah, the last twenty years has just been getting the science to kind of explain what's actually happening mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, so it's important to know the the why, mm -hmm. but but. The how is much more important. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that interesting? I listened to a physicist yesterday, and I mean, I only hear little bits of what they're saying because they're, blah, 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 but but they were talking about uh, you know the neutrons and whatever's happening in our brain, and for I think they were talking about consciousness and just right. trying to work out, you know, we kind of think or humanity maybe thinks you need something to turn that on, but. Um, I sat there for a bit and I was like, yeah, what's going on there? You know, like, right. all right, so all of these connections happen, but then there needs to be this life in it, you know? And, I mean, they were kind of maybe talking about how gravity and how all of that plays on everything, and we can't assume that everything's the same the further away from universe you go. But it is definitely like... You know, regardless what you believe, it's we're, we're, it's the whole scenario is pretty out there, eh? Right. You know, the fact that we, I don't know, just like our coffee in the morning, and there's a coffee shop, and you know, we make this happen, and you know, I, I sometimes do find myself wondering, hmm, do you think it's better to kind of 
not always think about that so intensely, you know, just <laughs> just just relax a bit, you know. And yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> Again, I don't think, as I said, my my, my uh, personal belief is that there is no real meaning to life apart from the meaning you actually give it. So mm. I just think um, that's what it, that's what causes anxiety, trying to mm. overanalyze too much. Mm. Uh, it takes you into the head, takes you out of the moment. Mm. Um, so although I'm not a Buddhist, I do I subscribe to some of their philosophies around the the, the present now and 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 just letting letting all that stuff go. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean you don't stress out and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you build a theatre uh, with no money, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you, has it been stressful? <laughs> oh, uh, there's pressure, put it that way. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure, um, you know, and so I've been having to just, you know, use the tools that I teach. You know, that's, that's what's mm-hmm. handy, having that tool, those resilience tools and all that kind of stuff. So dipping into that toolkit, um, yeah, because there is, there's, there's definitely pressure. So you're talking about um, kind of bringing in people from the outside the community in and I just wonder where's that idea brewed from is this something that you know you mentioned the places in the states you know growlings and stuff like that is this kind of a traditional thing where kind of improv scene or let's just say in a theater scene that the out at a certain stage you want to bring outside in or is this is this you kind of adapting to your own thinking um I think for me, improv has been so good for me personally, mm. and I'm, you know, as you get old, for me it was all, in, in my 20s and 30s, it was all about getting on stage, all that kind of stuff, right, just performing, uh, and I still love to perform, it's now, it's also, but now it's about handing that on to other people, mm. so now it is passing on the benefits of improv, I mean, and what's, what's just, uh, not funny or amusing, I guess, is that um, it's the very, th- the very skills we do in improv are the very skills that business needs today, and that's why I've made it about to make a career out of that, you know, being able to deal with ambiguity, to have that mental and emotional agility and I just want to share those um, skills so we've got like um, I mean I get asked by a lot of uh, my sessions do you have stuff for kids my kids really need this kind of mm-hmm. stuff and I've always said no I don't because but now I can say yes I do yeah. and now we have a home for fun for creativity mm-hmm. for connection mm-hmm. for a sense a safe space for belonging because yeah. um, I mean there must I guess we're going past the point that there has to be a bit of trust right before you can open yourself up to that level maybe before the trust there's a, there's a thing it's courage right courage comes first because yes. courage you've got to be because you've got to be open and um, you've got to be open you've got to be vulnerable and uh, we love vulnerability because we go watch a movie we sit in the dark and watch actors be vulnerable mm. we get moved to tears mm. and that stuff we love it but uh, it's always you first <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, yes 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 yeah. <laughs> so, but, but, but in improv you it teaches you the courage to be you uh, you can you don't you get away because there's no right or wrong, right? Yes. There's just choices and better choices, and those better choices come from experience. So you got to make a whole lot of rubbish choices when you're learning. <laughs> um, and but it gives you that courage. We, and the number of people have talked about how both in our kids program, but also in the adults program, how it's helped them with their anxiety, mm. just to be free from all of that. Uh, and to be in that present moment, so um, they kind of reconnect with their body, as opposed to get out of their head and be be there. Um, yeah, so it's just so. I mean, it's just powerful and and you know going back it's how do i get that into more people's lives now you know kids and and, mm. and adults uh, any um you know what's your cell when you're talking because you know i think of someone like my dad right my dad is uh, what is he 72 he's you know he's he's weird because he really loves me but he's really rude to other people so it's just he's this weird mixture of uh, you know soldier son and all of these things and you know uh, the big highlight in the family was duck shooting once a year and that was the time you could talk but other than that it's like you know we're just buttoned down and and I think 
I somehow worked out or ended up in this creative field and mm -hmm. I, I have to sit down with him sometimes and talk about the things I do but I find I have to tweak it a bit where it's more like here's the kind of KPIs that I went after and here's, <laughs> right, here's what right. we got and yeah. I guess what I'm asking is you know I guess that's where the corporate side comes in, eh? You're working through how to explain yeah. these things in a slightly different way. Well, and I just think we've been sold a lie in the corporate life. I mean, I see so many um, what I call corporate zombies. <laughs> People just walking around thinking, because we've been sold a lie, that whole thing about check your personality at the door, uh, work, you know, plays separate to work, mm. uh, all that kind of stuff. Be professional. It's actually what we're hearing now is bring your whole self to work. How do you actually be human in the workplace? Mm. So I see my role when I go into organizations about actually awakening our humanity. Mm. And saying and giving people encouragement, saying it's okay to be a human being you yeah. know, um, <laughs> in the workplace. Don't try and be this robot, uh, to be this zombie, mm. and then just live for the weekend. So yeah. again, playfulness is that it's not that act, not just an activity. It's a it's a mindset as mm. well. It's an attitude. Uh, I'm just going to check the camera, sure. but I want to talk about is it uh, how. Is this filling, is like rugby and stuff filling that void at the moment? Well, I think, think to question about you know, rugby and stuff like that, there's a difference between active leisure and passive leisure. Mm. See, watch spectating, you know, the bigger the, 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 the neocortex and species, you know, the rational part of the brain and so forth, um, the more they play. So human beings out of all the species play more than any other species, right? Um, but more at a child level than an adult level. Right. So at adult level, we, we shift more into a passive um, play, so we watch rugby, we watch theatre, we watch movies and things like that. As opposed to actually doing, and that's fine. But you also want to be able to um, bring that play into what you do on a daily basis. Mm. Yeah. So I think, yeah, you you want people to be um, uh, just playing because it's so contagious. I mean, play is also, I mean, a it's important for brain development, um, but it's where we learn things like trust. It's where we learn. Um, uh, empathy it's where we learn um, you know things like teasing you know, yep. tease, a friendly teasing yep. we're, we're, we're learning how we're just learning social cohesion yep. through play it's, and other species do it too like wolf cubs or bears and that kind of stuff they all mm. they, they, they practice life skills uh, in a safe environment in a playful environment mm. that then they'll need later on isn't is, is it getting confused today though where it's 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 not because you can't well maybe you can document it on paper but you know uh, things like consent, for example. This is play. This is a, a deal between us, right? Like, um, you know, I think about, you know, maybe I remember the first time uh, where I, what, what do you say? Get got together with my wife to be, mm -hmm. and we didn't sit down and say, okay, this is A, B, and C. Yeah. It was more like a a, a human to human. You know, and we talk about consent now, and it's so interesting because we're trying to articulate these things outside of our human body. Well, yeah, even flute. Even if you, when you're dating flirting. your wife, flute, fluting is playful. Yeah, it's totally, yeah, okay. it's totally play. Yeah, right. There's no script you're sticking to. It's working mm. off the work of your partner. You've got, uh, you know, you're thinking your things, but you also got to be reading the what other people are doing. Yeah. And it's very engaging too. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, you, yeah, you know, those moments, and you can think back to if you, you know, if you if you've been through those moments, and you're like, wow, you were alive, you know, because you felt like something was a transfer of something. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that is that 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 interaction between people is is that um, when done is done playfully. Yeah. So you don't want to be that kind of zombie just sitting at the desk. 
Definitely. There's no there's no fun in that. No, no, there's no and there's, because everyone knows that feeling, but I'm not sure everyone can relate to when we say play, what that actually means. Because you've corrected me about three or four times. I keep wanting to bring it back to, you know, the fun stuff, right? right. Or, or childhood play, but am I, am I right that it's kind of like one way to think would be that feeling you get when, let's say, you've said a really awesome joke off the cuff and it worked, or you said an insightful thing and because you were in the moment, everyone connected with it, that you're triggering something, eh? you're, you're being part of some... That's There's, so, there's different types of mm. play, I guess is what I'm saying. So that, 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 the childhood stuff and, and all that is one type of yeah, play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, playing, you know, playing tricks, practical jokes, yeah. you know, flirting in relationships, they're all different types of play. Mm. Friends tease each other, mm. that is a type of play as well. How do you bring that as a mind... Uh, as, as a mindset how do you hold life lightly yeah rather than hold it so tightly right yeah. That's, yeah. how do you bring that playfulness to it um, in that um, and you know what does it matter let it mm. go kind of thing yeah um, that damn frozen songs ruined that phrase <laughs> <laughs> it's your but it's but it isn't but it is important yeah yeah, yeah. Well, and at the same time we've got the Disney plus thing now and you can go in there and watch you know a trillion hours of all of their stuff and I mean it's marvelous but it's scary too because yeah well they're all fighting for our eyeballs mm. right mm. Um, you know as you said people who used to work in casinos now work at ready uh, social media things how do we mm. get people addicted to that mm. give them that dopamine kick and uh, Again, it's just it's well, well, not all technology. I mean, I love technology, um, and it's not all bad. But there is, it's like food, right? There's some good food that nourishes you, and there's some mm-hmm. junk food that doesn't. And um, trying to separate those two things can be tough, yeah. you know. So we can do stuff online that can be, you know, you can watch your podcast, get educated. Mm. That's nourishment, yep. uh, and then you can sit and just look on social media stuff for four mm. hours a night, yeah. scrolling through, which is just <laughs> junk food. Yeah. yeah, that is junk food. How, how are you with all that stuff? Do you kind of have tips for yourself um, to to do? Do you get caught up in the vacuum of social media? I uh, no, I got off. Uh, so I, I did a year. I called it. Uh, in fact, I wrote an article, put on LinkedIn. Um, uh, um, my year of the dumb phone. So I went and got a dumb phone for uh, did it for 2016. Did it for yeah for a year, just and um, got off all the social media. I think I was still still on LinkedIn. Uh, that's that's anyone on. Now we have the theatre. I've gone back. I was off Facebook for five yep. years. I just went back to for Facebook because that's where improvisers are. They're not on LinkedIn. Yep, yep. Uh, so just reconnecting with the international uh, improv community. Um, but no, so I don't so I don't spend a lot of time on the the social media stuff. Um, uh, don't have the apps on my phone or anything mm. like that. Um, yeah, so just for, you know, want to be a good role model for my children because you can't tell them, you know, well, they actually don't have oh, phones. Yeah. Um, but they have a travel phone. Dumb, they have my old dumb phone. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's not. I think it's something that we have to be very, very uh, careful of. And I'm sure in our lifetime, it'll be regulated because the research coming in is quite scary of what it's doing to young minds yeah. and um, not just the cyberbullying for teenagers, but also. Um, just the, the depression rates we know what the mental health statistics are going in the wrong direction the suicide rates all that kind of stuff so I just think you know we regulate alcohol we regulate um, cigarettes we regulate driving a car I think we need to bring in regulation that yeah. young minds aren't mm. glued to those devices because they miss they miss all the social connection yeah if, 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 if the parents are doing this uh, the child notices that yeah. like yeah. I had a horrible experience when my son was really young took him to um, he was doing like soccer for tots and I was um, I left my phone behind I felt like I'd lost my arm you know mm. and so I'm sitting there and he's down the on the inside court further down and I just was watching because I didn't have my phone and I just noticed how many times he looked up and looked back at me and I was like oh my god every time he's done that I would, he would have seen that 
Mm. And then I was looking at all the other kids, looking back at their parents, and every single parent without fail were on their phones. And I was just like, oh. Well, we're all like that too, because even yesterday, I I mean, I had a – the opposite example where the kids had some free time but every time I tried to rip them out of that matrix it came with this golem right yeah you know and tears and this on edge and and look I kind of said we were talking about Fortnite, you know and I was was like hey man what's the deal because every time I want you to hop off you can't because the game never ends Right, and so there's there's no out point for him. So I literally have to rip him out every time. And even if I say five minutes, that doesn't mean anything when the game never ends. Yeah, yeah. And so it's clever design, but it's too clever. You know, it's like come well, on. Well, it's clever design in almost a malicious, yes. malintent way. Yes. Um, because you can't, there's no end. So I just think, I mean, they get this. What I'm saying they they're, they're fighting for the for the eyeballs, mm. um, and that's why you have to be the parent. You have to, people say, oh, but my kid gets angry. Well. They're getting a massive dopamine kick, mm. which is the same chemical that you get if you're a cocaine addict or a heroin addict. Mm. So you taking off the device is like taking away a junkie's needle. Mm. There's going to be withdrawal symptoms. Yeah. And I've had so many stories, um, so many parents talk about how, you know, um, one recently where the 15-year-old daughter had to go overseas and she left her phone behind. And how, much, and how she even noticed the difference and how much calmer she was, the less anxiety, um, though. So you need to create, parents need to create strategies with their children and to say that oh my children gets angry though is a cop-out that's just for me this is bad parenting yep. you need you need to put those boundaries in place because yeah. you're the parent mm. um, their well-being depends on you to do that they won't thank you for it just like a junkie won't thank you for taking the needle off yep. them yep. but you you need to mm. so wait we get into these scenarios where uh, uh, I guess life can feel very big you know we can highlight statistics and what's happening um, and then I try and think well what can we do right because I don't want to be the uh, I don't want to have on my shoulders um, we maybe it's a different way of saying it. We, it's not a solution if we all feel like we have to save the planet all the time. But you know, as a parent, you know we're thinking, "Jeepers, the kids are on this thing, and how do I get them off? And what's my boundaries?" But you can look, you can look to uh, outsource a little bit, right? So joining an improv scene, for example, does fix some solutions without you actively doing it, eh? Because I, I'm assuming yeah. when people come in, it's no turn your phone off. Yeah, yeah, there's no device. Yeah, right. no, you so, so there's no argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no negotiation. Yeah. It's yeah. not like, yeah. can I just have five more minutes? It's like... And because when we're doing a show, uh, especially in a workshop, there's no devices, but even in a show, it's dark. If you've got your phone on, yeah. we're going to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we break the fourth wall, so right. we're not going to carry on with the show and pretend that there's not someone there on their phone. So, But it's different to just parenting where it's like, go read a book. You're, you will actually replace that dopamine hit with something else. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. And so yeah, for the kids, are, you know, kids who do our after schools program, for example. I mean, we're teaching life skills. Yeah. We're teaching how to connect with people. We're teaching communication skills. They're getting confidence in being themselves. They're, we've already had. We're doing one now. We've already had um, uh, the father three weeks into a ten week course talk about how his son is um, has more confidence already, mm-hmm. and he was a shy shy kid. Um, and so it just it just it just brings out our best, and and that's what I love about it. And that's mm-hmm. why I think we do need more of it. Mm. Um, and it's accessible Will anyone can do it yeah like you know it's not like you got to play a musical instrument or learn uh, Shakespeare or um, have a particular skill mm. you just rock up English doesn't even have to be your first language you could just rock up and and do it and, and the skills are immediately transferable to every area of your life mm. what, right? why isn't it full 
you know, I'm think um, gyms have these memberships. There's Jets gyms every like a McDonald's everywhere, and yeah. you can lift heavy things. You can go after abs. Why will we? Uh, will there be a time you think where you're you know, filled to the rafters. Well, we've got over sixty-seven members already. We don't even have, don't even have a home until, <laughs> until, that, until that opens. So we'll have over a hundred members by the end of the year. Mm. We'll have schools programs, um, after-school programs, school holiday programs. So it's going to be. Um, so the second city in Chicago, which is what I've kind of modelled this on a little bit, is been going for sixty odd years. And so we will be at this breeding ground for talent. We will have writers, comedians, um, directors, producers come through here, but also we'll just have the community part. We'll just have people who just become, who are now less anxious, who have confidence to be themselves, who mm-hmm. access their creative part. Because the art form was all about self-creation, it's self-discovery, it's self-expression. And that's what we need more of. We mm-hmm. need more storytellers. We need a whole lot less strategy, man, and we need to have um, people embracing their humanity and, and, and celebrating it. Mm. In my last podcast, I talked about... Uh, I sometimes crack up. I was going to say Marvel, but I don't. I crack up at... I'm constantly changing my bio online. And it's like, you know, right at the top, I talked about shedding the skin. And I feel like that's one of the ways we do this is like, who are we today? Or go back through your CVs and have a look how you explain yourself, because it's quite an interesting process. Um, and I I was sitting back reading my, my current who am I? And um, just kind of, as I forget what I was going to go, hold on, improv, stay in the moment, Will. Don't lose it. Um... <laughs> Hold on, wait, I'll be back with you in a second. I'm just trying to think where I was going. What what happens, what, what do we do if this is on stage? Do you jump in and help a brother yeah, out? I could, yeah, just change, change, change topic yeah. on a different but I'll, I'll get it, otherwise it will stay with me and I'll wake up tonight and I'll be like, ah, oh, bugger, that sort of, it was something about... Um, Your you bios know, and looking yeah, back who you are. Who we are and, and why that matters, but maybe that's gone. That's all right, I'll, I'll come back to it. it. I'm sure it will pop up. Um, so, so... What do you hope the next few years? Or do you think in years, or are you just kind of like, okay, I got to get this stuff done today? And, oh, both, and both. All time between years and uh, you know now. Um, you know, right, right now we need to get the venue finished. Mm. Right now I need to get the air conditioning installed. Yeah, that's all that hilarious. kind of stuff. Um, like that. So there's that going on. But I also, there's a thing, right? So I had, a, I had a um, when we realised we weren't going to make um, the first shows that we started promoting, we got to push the dates back. Yep. You know, that was rock bottom moment for me. And, you know, <laughs> I, I sobbed for about two minutes, like full sob, because I pr- saw the pressure just got. And then that was just the release. And now it's just like, well, now it's a game. Mm. So it'll open when it opens, is now, is now my attitude. doesn't mean I'm going to be slack on. i still got to, you know, keep things ticking over. But we'll just get there. And I've, I was focusing too much on uh, the goal rather than the benefits to the right. community. Right. So when I just took my – when you take your eyes off the vision – all you see is those bloody obstacles, right? Mm. So that's what I was seeing. So when I just realized, oh, pff, forget about that. It'll open when it opens and just look big picture, you know. How, how joyous will I feel in five years' time when we've had this positive impact on so many people's lives? Even just from, you know, people coming in to watch a show mm. or people coming in just to hang out, people doing the workshops, people performing. Mm. Um, it's going to have a massive impact on people. I mean, this is a, this is a gift to the city. This is my thinking. Um, as far as that goes so you know thinking much longer I'm thinking I want to, I want this to be celebrating its 60 years anniversary just like Second City did yeah. in Chicago yeah that's awesome eh? something about planting those seeds in your mind for the future too and then trying to work out um, steps to get there something you know I, I, it's not comparable but I, I've been for the last 90 
I think it's two days I've been trying to do 100 burpees a day. And so when you say trying... Oh, well, uh, well, I couldn't do a burpee on my first day. Right. So okay. I had to get down to the ground and up 100 <laughs> times. But what I realized is we have these goals like happiness. or And that was my 100 burpees. Yeah. I didn't know how to get there every day. But as I've worked through the days, I'm like, oh, I didn't anticipate getting fitter. So you, now you can do 10 in a row, 20 in a row. Right. And now I'm kind of like can do it in one set and knock it out in a reasonably short time. And I'm like, that's so awesome because I couldn't have known... All of these little mini breakdown, mini breakdown, mini breakdown. Yeah. And so now it's like, it's kind of, uh, well, blowing my mind because I'll do, let's say I'm at like uh, the last 20 of 100 and I don't want to do 20. So I worked out I could count, uh, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, and I could break it down into four sets of five. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I get it. Because you're just constantly tricking yourself yeah, yeah, yeah. or giving yourself permission to see it a different way. There is no physical difference because I record every set and right. I just look at myself and I'm in here yeah. sitting down in front of the fan thinking, how am I going to do this? But I kind of thought about it like toolkits and, and you know play and all the improv stuff you're talking about. It's a toolkit, eh? Yeah, well, you're, creating a, you're turning it into a game. Mm. Like, how do I actually... And you, know, and you know that you're tricking yourself. Yeah. So this is the weird like, thing. That's the weird thing. Yeah. It's, not, it's not like, oh, I didn't see that coming. It's, mm. You're actually coming. How can I find a different way? And it's your creativity. How can I find a different way to get through mm. to these 100 burpees? It's also funny because I've realized that, the, the say, the first couple of weeks... It dominated the whole day because it was like five in the morning of get down, get up, five at 10 o'clock. Because I was like, how the hell am I going to get to 100? Yeah. And it was really this weight on my shoulder. And now it's like it's maybe half an hour in the evening. And I'm like, and I'm only kind of just beginning. Like, where am I in five years? Can yeah. I be the guy who can do 100 burpees in a row? And I thought, well, it's never ending in a good way because I could just keep working on time. How do I get less and less time to do 100 burpees? Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're like, wow. Yeah. And, and even at the metaphorical level of I like getting myself down and picking myself up, you know? So there's all these little things I've learned. And it was just out of this, like, solve global warming. This was my 100 burpees a day. Yeah, but, that's, but, that, but I think that's the secret to success in life is just creating those little rituals. Mm. What are the things that you're going to do? Because you know you've made a commitment. Mm. So there's discipline. And, and and there's a discipline to that ritual and I just think well I mean I teach what you've got to do is have two or three rituals mm. that you commit to and whether it's daily or weekly but regularly and that's and that will get you to the success you don't become fit the first day you do it yeah. but after 100 days yeah absolutely you'll be much mm. fitter for it where, where, where does it um, miscalculate in our minds though when we're going after things in life where you know rituals commitment people would say they have that right with jobs and mortgages and these things uh, does uh, is it looking for that dopamine in the wrong area not the wrong area but like the the non-fulfilling you know where it doesn't become a game anymore well, that's because we get told happiness is, is about pleasure mm. and I think I, I talk about there are four main types of happiness right the first one is relief if I've got my, my foot on your foot, yep. that's pain. I take right. it off, you'd be happy. Right. You'd be like, oh, thank God. Yep. Yep. Right? Um, and so a lot of people just get, you know, so some people's only sense of happiness is relief. They get through the working week. Oh, thank God I got through that. Mm. Then they'll find solace in a, you know, a can of beer or yep. six cans of beer yep. um, at the end of the week. Or just paying the rent or paying the mortgage mm. this week. Oh, that relief. That's one type of happiness. Yep. Uh, then you've got the pleasure. Right, and that is like, um, and, and this is when the society tells us, the materialistic society tells us, you'll be happy when you have the new car. You'll be happy uh, when you have the six pack. You'll be happy when you get that promotion. Mm. And so we, it keeps us on that treadmill. 
right? Yeah, and the new car's great for the first month and then second month, then it's just a car. Mm. Right? And, <laughs> so, so and so, yeah, you could do 100 burpees, you'd be like, yeah, success. And then mm. you'd be like, okay, what's next? Yeah. So we actually need that constant challenge to grow. And so that keeps us on that treadmill. Uh, and we're not happy until we get there. But of course, a treadmill, you never get yeah. there. You yes. just keep going. Uh, so that's... So, you know, we, we get told that and that's why we believe. That's why we, you know, I'll be, that's why I've got to keep doing the job. The job becomes like golden handcuffs because I've got the big mortgage. Now I've got to keep working in order to pay the mortgage mm. and that. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a vicious circle in that regard. Then there is the, uh, the excitement. That's the dopamine hit of I'll look forward to my holiday at the end of the year. I'll look right. forward to this moment in my life. Uh, and then when you have it, um, then it goes into that. Um, serotonin happy chemical kind gotcha. of experience uh, that's the third type and they're not wrong none of them are wrong they're fine you know relief um, pleasure excitement they're, they're, but they're temporary forms of happiness mm. where you get your main sense of happiness that can kind of like just stay with you is that feeling of contribution how do you mm. contribute when you're clear on how you contribute to something bigger than yourself whether it's your um, whanau your community your society and yeah. a whole uh, that and, and you self-validate it, right? It's not like someone telling you, oh, well, you're contributing. Mm. You just know I'm right. doing a good job. This is, this is what I'm about. Yep. This is, it's linked to my purpose yep. and I'm doing a good job. Then that is that sense of contribution. It's, it's usually focused on other people. It's not, it's not for yourself. Mm. Like I'm not doing this for myself. Yep. This is other-centric. Yep. So same for you. You're not just doing this for yourself. You yep. get a benefit from yep. it, yep. as I do, yep. but it's for, for other people. Uh, so you, you know, you're teaching. Um, so it's self-validating, it's other-centric, and it's a way of contributing service to others. That's awesome. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's the one you want. That's yeah. most, a, lot of, not most, a lot of people don't have that. They don't mm. understand how they contribute. And I guess having you know, those pillars can only give you variety because you're mixing the, the, the amount, right, and, and also playing to the boundaries you have. So you can't always have, you know, uh, you can't always maximum contribute because you might be 10. But right, I, guess yes. it, it's, yeah. I guess the goal is it should just work through. Well, I, I think at this point, I think when it's talking about contribution, it's more of an adult concept. Yeah, 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 I yeah, think yeah. when you're a kid, you just be a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and, we're, yeah. And, and, you know, we're in such a rush to have our kids grow up. Yeah. And Well, I'm also thinking there's plenty of us who haven't grown up either. Right, because right. we get stuck in the mindset of this is who I am, or you told me this is who I was, yes. or yeah. I, I find my identity in this. But you know, we all got plenty of room to move, and particularly in this world where we're valuing some reason, you know, the phones, the the data, the you know, the Instagram, it, it kind of does cage us a little bit. Yeah, and I guess I I guess it is because. I mean, for me, a lot of that stuff around we spend so much time on social media because it's just a diversion, mm. you know. Because otherwise, we've got to sit there and think, what is the meaning of life? <laughs> and they're scary questions, right? Yeah. That's a big. That's a big question. So why why am I here? That's the that's the existential angst that we all yeah. have. Yeah. And I guess if you just uh, and that's why I love the concept of like if you can figure out how you contribute, um, and that's what I love about organisations and business, right? They 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 it's a group of like-minded people trying to achieve something bigger than themselves. Mm. So you can find purpose in what you're doing in any any organization. Yeah. Wade, sell me sell me uh, a person who feels like life's all right, um, but definitely um, maybe I'm in the zone where I might invest time into floating or uh, starting to donate money to some things or maybe trying veganism or something like that where I want to self-improve based off having the feeling I'm taking advantage of uh, the good ideas in life 
improv needs to be part of that, in my opinion. What's going to make a will, you know, a person who's doing okay, come to do this? To to do the workshops and so forth? Um, I just think it's if you want want to belong to a community that is um, very supportive and encourages you and supports you to be you, that's what we have here. Mm. It's, um, you know, you get to understand when you, do, when you join it at the covert at least, because there are different uh, cultures and different improv theatres, but our culture is around um, it's okay to be you. Yeah. And that's that's the most, I think that's the most important thing. There are people who come here not for the improv. They, they perform on stage, but their most important thing they get out of it is that community, that mm. sense of connection with people. Um, yeah, so I think that's the most powerful thing that we offer. And all the other stuff is just, as I said, it's just uh, applicable to life. You know, you can, you can take all your communication skills, you can take your, um, it gives you a sense of inner peace, calm, of just being, I'm okay, this is okay. Mm. Being able to adapt to the constantly changing environment, whether it's at work or home or, you know, environment or whatever is happening. Um, these are all the things that you're going to get out of it. Um, I said before, it's a, it's a, it's a, I mean, I've done, I lived in Japan, trained martial arts. I've stood in the snow, punching a mucky water, a, a piece of wood, a punching board outside the dojo. Uh, that's one way to uh, define your character. They call yeah. polish your character in Japanese. That's one way of doing it. Improv is a lot more fun. Yeah. Um, it's an art form. Yeah. It's a martial art as opposed to performing art. Um, so I've done that. If uh, I was podcasting with that way, is he still the same? It's shaped who I am today. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, it's very, uh, very different because that was like twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's very different. Uh, <laughs> I'm a lot. More, I think I'm a lot more playful and fun now. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah, a lot more. Yeah. It was a lot more serious. Yeah. Um, but that was very. You know, living over living in Japan was very life defining. Um, I mean, I got to experience what most, uh, you know, white. Kiwi males don't, and that's what it's like to live as a minority. Mm. I was living in rural Japan in the nineties, uh, so you know it was it was uh, spot the parlangi. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I stood out of my. Did out you get of my, used to eyeballs on you? I uh, did get uh, did get used to it. Uh, I guess got used to it. It's still quite weird. You know, mm. I'm standing at like traffic lights, mm. waiting across the road, and people coming up and touching the hairs of my arm, oh. my head. There's just no boundaries there. Yeah. Like I, I was a freak. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, you don't get much paler than me. You know? <laughs> so, it was either a pale guy or a ghost walking the streets of rural Japan. Yeah. So, but that, but yeah, so quite a different, quite a different way then. But um, yeah, I just think it's more now. It's much more um, playful in a city. It's the, you get the courage to be you. You get that vulnerability. Um, it builds that trust and it builds that op- that open communication and that collaboration. It's just mm. it's just so much fun. Whereas the martial art is amazing, but less fun. Yeah. Yeah. I remember somewhat what I was going to say before, but I'll park it for now. Uh, so, what happens when the place opens behind us? Uh, um, are you full time with this? Are you still doing corporate? No, no, we have. Um, so, yeah, we've got we've got a general manager starting uh, next week. Wow. Um, yeah, and we've got. I'm, so, I'm going to be the artistic director. So, I'm going to look after the the quality of the shows and the workshops and yep. that side of things, but not the day to day running of the space because uh, we've got a fully licensed bar in there as well. Um, and so, it'll be just be a cool place to hang out. So, we're doing the improv school from Monday to Wednesdays. Yep. And then we're doing um, shows Thursday to Sundays. So I will be here regularly, uh, but hopefully performing and teaching uh, more than just running the place and um, still doing the high performance coaching um, as well. And hopefully bring them in here. I mean, we're going to have a home for it 
now. Awesome. So we're really seeing this as the spiritual home of improv. It's New Zealand's only comedy theatre. We have wow. a comedy club on Queen Street, but yeah. this is a this is a comedy theatre. Yes. So it's a home of play, fun, creativity, laughter, joy, all those good things that we need. Oh, man, it's exactly. I just realised it's why I hadn't. You know, the the whole stand up comedy interests me, but not not writing the jokes. Right. You know, and that's the bit that always because yeah, yeah. I sat down, I'm like. Well, I get plenty of people to giggle at what I say, but it's never with me preloading. Yeah. And I, I know stand-ups will be like, hey, man, I don't do that. I'm in the moment. But No, no, stand-up, you prepare. And yeah. Then you, then you polish your act mm. in front of an audience. Right, right. Here, we do all the rehearsal. We workshop mm. the skills to be creative, creative thinking, working together, sacrificing our ego for the sake of the group. This is the lazy person's art form, <laughs> right? So you don't want to write material. Uh, you don't. I mean, we did the comedy gala uh, a number of times, and you know, all the stand-ups are there pacing back and forwards, getting over their material. We're just sitting there. Because wow. we don't know what's going to happen. We've done all the hard work already as mm. far as the skills we need to work together. Yeah. Um, we just go out there and just, you know, and we'll have good days and we'll have bad days. Yeah. We're at the level now that if we're even we have a, a bad day for us, it's still a good day for the audience. Mm. Um, so that's that's a n- nice place to be. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, what, what are some places people can follow? So if they want to um, follow you or... or, or the, well, the, the covertheatre.com yep. um, is, is on Facebook and uh, our website, your newsletter, uh, that will keep you up to date with all the stuff that's happening. Um, and then for me, it's uh, Inspired Learning. So inspiredlearning.global. Awesome, um, yeah. Well, thanks, brother, for joining me again. I, I look forward to many more conversations. Um, you know, what we're doing here is also capturing moments, right? Yep. And I think there's something about trying to work out how can you capture. So it's not projecting what's happening because that's. it'd be nice to think that's an in-person moment. But there is a part where we should archive a little bit of the story, right, where you get to talk or people get to talk and just explain the bits around the edges. And I think those two together would be a really nice fit. You know, that's where I think... Um, podcasting is awesome because it's it's more of an archive than right. entertainment right and so I've, I've realized that you know yep. which is uh, i'm not trying to entertain good it might yep. be entertaining but not trying to do that um thanks bro i appreciate it um so you're signing up for the monday night classes oh, I, i'm coming man i'm coming <laughs> I, my life though i married a german lady and I, i'll float the idea about improv and you know flexibility and and coming along i'd love it if we could come and come as this weird couple one of we're like we have, couples. We, have we have a number of couples my yeah. wife's in the theater oh yeah my sister my brother-in-law yeah uh, i just uh, think it would be hilarious my <laughs> she's really german you know we we plan for the long haul but i'm about now and we work together but i'd love to see her she might she might surprise me right I, i'm sure she would okay that's enough i'll cool. get in trouble <laughs> um cool bro thank you very much pleasure